Before we get to this week's episode, we've got a few things to take care of. First, we want to let you know that our audio course is finally out on Himalaya Learning. The Wildlife of Your Home pod course is a 10-episode series that will train you to become an indoor wildlife investigator, a rare kind of scientist. You'll learn about ecosystems by discovering the unknown creatures you wake up with every day. It's available right now on learning.himalaya.com tumble. If you enroll now, you'll get a free 14-day trial on the Himalaya Learning platform. And next, we got some new patrons to thank. Roland, Bridger, happy belated birthday on August 2nd, Bridger. Your dad loves you and loves all the adventures you go on. Isaac and Aurora Lang, Ian Skinner, Aaron, Holly, and Charlotte. And Charlotte, happy birthday on August 15th. Keep learning and asking questions. Your mommy loves you. And also Cleo Chan Testa. Keep learning and shining, and happy birthday on August 21st. There are also some more not-new patrons with birthdays coming up. Persephone Schmitter, happy birthday on August 14th. Leo Liked Gould, happy birthday on August 15th. Your parents love you and are so grateful for you. Catherine, happy birthday on August 16th. Emma Kay, happy birthday on August 21st. Mom and Dad are always so proud of you. Julian Butel, happy birthday on August 21st. Thanks to all of you and to everyone who supports Tumble on Patreon. If you'd like to get a shout-out like these people, or get a happy birthday wish from yours truly on our podcast, just go to patreon.com slash tumblepodcast and pledge at the $5 level or higher. Once again, that's patreon.com slash tumblepodcast. So, Marshall, we're doing something new this week. Ooh, what is it? We're trying out an idea I've been really excited about. Is it that new cupcake recipe? No, it's better. What could possibly be better? Kids asking science questions on our podcast. See, I think at the best, that's the same as cupcakes. (laughs) I personally think it's better than cupcakes. Can I just have some cupcakes, though? I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. And answer your questions. This time, we're talking about bats with the help of fifth graders in Austin, Texas. So tell me about those kids. They're a bunch of super smart kids, and they were super curious about bats. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, my name is Jack Schlitt, and I'm 10 years old. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I'm 10 years old, and I'm about to turn 11. I'm Kara Thomas, and I'm 10 years old, about to turn 11. So what did they want to know? It's a really simple question about something everyone knows about bats, but maybe you never thought why. Why do bats hang upside down? Okay, well, that's, that's a really good question. I know. Hanging upside down is like top 10 things that bats do. (laughs) What are the other nine? (laughs) (laughs) Fly. Fly. Hang out in caves. Eat bugs. Eat fruit. Suck blood. Suck blood. Turn into vampires. Yeah. Okay, so we know hanging upside down is a popular thing for bats to do, but why do they do it? I'm going to take that question to a bat scientist But first I asked Jack, Jacob, and Kara how they thought scientists might have found the answer. Maybe they could, like, 
um, look at the bats or uh, notice futures of the bats and like test their DNA or something. They could also like send a probe droid out or something, and then uh, that's like not very that's kind of tiny and not very visible, and then watch them. Kind of like a stalker, but <laughs> I guess. Well, I think because like to examine their bones, like because their knees face backwards. Maybe it's like also they like feel vulnerable maybe if they like sit on the ground or something. Okay, so maybe scientists go into bat caves and uh, watch them or just like ask them how they're feeling. Like, are you feeling vulnerable today, little bat? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty vulnerable. (laughs) Well, we just so happen to live in the bat capital of the world, Austin, Texas. So I didn't have to go too far to find the answer at the headquarters of Bat Conservation International. Where the headquarters is like a cave where they all like hanging upside down and sleeping <laughs> during the day <laughs> when you came in. It was disappointingly not a cave. It was a really normal office building. Did they at least have like Transylvanian accents where they were like, welcome to our lab. <laughs> <laughs> no, this scientist had an Australian accent because she's... Australian, I met Michaela Jemison, a bat scientist and communications manager for Bat Conservation International. Sorry to keep you waiting. Oh, that's okay. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Come upstairs. I'm afraid there's always a bat emergency somewhere. <laughs> what kinds of bat emergencies? Oh, people usually. I had to so a bat might call from inside its cave, being like, there's some people in the cave. <laughs> I think they want to study me. I don't know what they're here for. She took me into a small room that kind of looked like a kid's office. Oh, great. Puzzles. So I'd sent Michaela the recording of the question before I came in to talk to her. Kids that you interviewed, man, you found some smart ones. I was a little bit taken aback. I was like, geez, these guys already know half the answer to it. (laughs) I was really curious because I don't know the answer at all if their theories were correct. They're definitely on the right track, yeah. Okay, well, let's get to talking about it. So the question is, why do bats hang upside down? So bats hang upside down for a couple of reasons. First reason is how they evolved with flying. Bats evolved about 50 million years ago from squirrel-like ancestors, and they started off you know, mainly gliding, so having a, a thin membrane between their forelimbs and their back limbs. And then eventually they evolved wings. Bats have their membrane part of the wing between both their forelimbs and their back legs, so their wings are attached to their back legs, and many of them. So that means that it is quite difficult for them to be on the ground. So being upside down means that they're away from predators and that's particularly one reason why they hang upside down in caves and in trees because it's very difficult for predators to get to them. It is to protect them from feeling vulnerable. Like one of the kids said in the question. Yeah, yeah, they were completely right. It, it's it's a way that they can be out of reach of many predators. Um, and it's also a way that they can escape quite quickly. So for bats, they don't have much strength in their, their lower limbs because they're very thin bones to you know, make them light and able to fly. So that means they have you know real struggles pushing off and being able to take off flight from a stationary position. So when they're hanging upside down, they can just drop drop and so having that extra space to drop and then reach out their wings it enables them to take off a lot quicker. Okay so hanging upside down is just really convenient for bats. 
Yeah, their bodies have evolved and adapted to it. And you know how Kara mentioned that bats' knees face the opposite way from ours? Yeah. It's true, and it also helps them hang upside down. Their feet are able to clench onto the tree or onto a cave and not actually have to extend any energy in terms of gripping. So when you and I have to grip onto something, you know, we have to physically think about it and we have to extend some energy. It's the opposite in bats. When they're at rest, their natural uh, tendons are gripping. They actually have to um, extend energy to let go. So that's how, you know, bats, when they're asleep, they don't suddenly fall off the roof of the cave. Okay, so it's like in, you know, our natural position is for our palms to be open, but their natural position is to be clenched around something. Yes, that's exactly right. That's so cool. (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) So I'm keeping my fists clenched from now on. Just so I can be more bad like <laughs> Wait on that. You might not have to because listen to this. Not all bats evolve to hang upside down. There are some bat species that uh, actually face what we would say if the right ray up. Um, these are actual uh, what we call sucker-footed bats. Sucker-footed? Yeah. So these ones actually have little sucker, sucker pads on their wrists and on their ankles. And so what they do is they use these pads. They actually roost in rolled up leaves and they use their little suckers. And instead of what saying sucker, it actually they put a little bit of uh, moisture on their sucker pads and they stick to the leaves. And so instead of you know having face down towards the ground, they actually have face up towards the light because that's the way that they would have to escape if anything came across where they were roosting. And so they just like lick one wrist and then another and then stick them onto a plant. I love the idea of them curled up in little leaves. It's so cute. Little bat burritos. (laughs) Yes. Don't order that at Chipotle. But so how do scientists know all this stuff that they know about bats? That's a really good question. The kids had a bunch of um, ideas about how you would find out Mm -hmm. about what bats do. How would you sort of summarize the type of research that happens? What are scientists looking for? And how long do they have to look at bats to make a conclusion that this is what happens? Scientists, um, we do a number of things. There are ecologists, um, so like myself, where we go out and we study bats in their natural habitat and learn from what they're doing, learn from their behavior. So, you know, one of your uh, kids said probing, you know, maybe setting up cameras. We often put up infrared cameras and watch what they're doing. Do you consider yourself a stalker when you do that? <laughs> well, no, I don't know about a stalker, maybe just a, uh, a, a friendly observer. That's that. That's but the bats thing. didn't ask you to go there. <laughs> that's true. They don't know that you're outside looking at them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very true. But you know what? Your bats are always. Uh, you would be surprised that how many bats are flying around your house and you don't know that they're looking at you. So, um, not that they're all that interested in us. Unfortunately, we're not a tasty bug. But um, I think it goes both ways. It sounds like stalker behavior to me. It's for science. 
there are scientists who put bats into wind tunnels and looking at how they fly by putting sensors on their wings and how the different movements of the wings um, enable them to fly in different ways. Um, there is uh, so many genetic studies going on right now because bats are uh, an animal, a group of animals that we know very little about. You know, the second largest group of mammals in the world are bats, which, you know, when you think about it. What? <laughs> yeah. You, so every, so if you were to have like all the mammals in the world, one in four would be a bat. So there's a lot of bats. And there's a lot that we still don't know about bats. I would have thought that we found out everything. Like, they can turn into smoke. If you become the lord of the bats, you can control them and have them do your bidding. I mean, these are just facts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Marshall, we know the basics. <laughs> but bats are still mysterious creatures in many ways. And there's a really good reason to find out more about them. Well, because first of all, they're cool. And you want to be the lord of the bats. You need to know how they work. You need work. to study them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but we want to help protect them, and also, if we understand their techniques, it can help humans get better at moving through the air, like building better aircraft. Oh, please, I want to have a plane that looks like a bat. Yes. <laughs> Stay bat plane. One last thing I can't resist sharing from my interview with Michaela. She told me that scientists are studying bat movement in a way that I'm kind of surprised fifth graders didn't come up with. What's that? Putting them on a treadmill. <laughs> I have to ask, how do you get a bat to walk on a treadmill? <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not exactly sure how they managed it. And if someone could tell me, I'd really love to know. Because most bats I've come across would not be that keen to be on a treadmill. Do you think the bats are all like... I'm doing two miles today. <laughs> <laughs> they have little sweatbands supplied <laughs> by the scientists. <laughs> like, oh, thanks. <laughs> the point is, there is no idea too crazy when it comes to studying bats, and scientists get really creative to find out what they want to know. Do you think Under Armour makes bat shirts? <laughs> <laughs> it would be so hard to make a shirt for a bat if you think about it. Yeah, you'd have to get it over their wings. I mean, I guess you and could do their a wings top. are attached to their legs. You'd have to have like a stretchy tank top. So maybe this is a listener contest we could have: <laughs> is design a bat shirt. Yes, we want to see your pictures of what a bat shirt would look like. Yeah. All right. And how to get us. over their heads <laughs> and their wings through. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Uh, many thanks to Kara, Jack, and Jacob for your great science questions. Uh, you'll be hearing more from them and their classmates at St. Andrew's Episcopal School in Austin in future episodes. Thanks to Ms. Ballin for introducing us to the kids and facilitating our questions. And Michaela Jemison, a.k.a. the Bat Stalker, at Bat Conservation International. I'm Lindsay Patterson, and I produce this show. And I'm Marshall Escamilla, and I do the music and mixing. Sarah Lentz is our associate producer. Ashley Cox is our social media and newsletter guru. Sign up for the Tumble to get podcast recommendations for family listening, like Science Knocks, a podcast from a New York Times science reporter and her four-year-old daughter. So we want to hear from you about this episode. Uh, do you like hearing kids' questions? What would you want to ask a scientist? In future episodes, we'll tell you how you can send us your questions and maybe just maybe be on our show. 
So get in touch by Facebook, tweet us at TumbleCast, email us at tumblepodcast at gmail.com, and check out our website and blog at tumblepodcast.com. And tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.